most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins, and we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. I can see it now. This is going to be my year. How many times have you thought that before? Oh, after that year, after all the things that happened in this world, after all the things that happened in my life, this is it. This is going to finally be my year. I can just see it now. So goes our wishful thinking as we stand at the crossroads. And as we stand at the crossroads between one year and the next, we always look back. And this is where we get those lists in review, the top 10 lists, the top 10 worst or best moments and events of the year, the top 10 athletes of the year, all the celebrities and famous people who have passed away in the year. This year we get double the pleasure because we get top 10 lists from the last decade as well. We also take time to look in the rear view reflectively too. Yikes. I gained a lot of weight in 2019. I went from one and a half to two and a half chins in one year. Boy, I didn't accomplish much of what I wanted. Those personal goals, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual goals, I didn't get much done this year. You know, I'm really missing that person now as we move into another year. But as we stand at the crossroads, we also look forward with that, that good old American optimism too. This is going to be it. This will be the year. This is going to be the year that I lose a chin and lose a spare tire as well. This is going to be the year that I cut back on calories and carbs and spending, and I'm going to spend more time with my family, and I'm going to read my whole Bible in a year this year. I can just see it now. I'm not a betting man, but would you like to place some New Year's bets on how this is going to play out for each of us? If you play the odds and statistics alone, for most of us, all this optimism and the hopes and, and the goals for the new year, well, they might not even make it a few days. 82% of Americans, 120 million people, don't even make it to Valentine's Day. 92% don't keep any of their resolutions. Don't you think it might play out a little something like this? Within a few days or a few weeks, your optimism kind of fades away. And, and before you know it, all of a sudden it will be March and we'll be looking at each other thinking, wow, this winter is dreadful. I can't wait for this to be over. And then we'll be talking about, wow, it's summer already. Where has the time gone? And then the schedules and the rote routines will drag us along by the feet as, as the time just flies by. And before we know it, we'll be sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner again. And our, our families haven't been patched up and Thanksgiving dinner is still awkward. And then it'll be Christmas and busy. And, and before you know it, Wham! Another pastor will be standing here with a predictable sermon introduction about New Year's resolutions for 2021. So goes our years, and so goes our times. 
I wonder how often we are much like a myopic visitor to the ophthalmologist. How often do the things of this life and the stresses of this world obsess in our hearts to the point that we, we lose track of what really matters and, and what we really should be focusing on light uh, in life, that we have this short-sighted, blurry vision. Wouldn't it be nice to start a new year, to start a new decade with clear focus, with 2020 vision for the year 2020? Well, good news, we can do just that. We can do that with the words of Moses in Psalm 90. We just sang a portion of those words in the psalm of this evening. We just sang a summary of those words in the hymn of the day. And I'll invite you, if you want, to even follow along in the Pew Bible. It's page 592, 592. And we'll walk through this prayer for 2020 vision, the words of Moses in Psalm 90. We don't know when Moses wrote this psalm. It's the one psalm that we know for sure he actually wrote. But as you walk through these words with me, you'll see these are not the words of a young buck, a rebel growing up in Pharaoh's palace. No, these are the words of a wily and worn and weary veteran of life. These are the words of an aged man who has seen some things and experienced and suffered a sin-filled life with a sin-filled world. And so let's start off this prayer of Moses as we see these words first. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We start this prayer as we start this new year with a clear, laser-like focus on whom we're praying to, on who exactly our God is. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. The one who was and is and is to come. The one who before he even uttered a let there be of creation, he was. What a comfort that as the pages of the calendar fly by and the years turn over, our God is immutable, unchangeable, always the same. Because clearly we are not. Moses continues. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or, or like a watch in the night. You sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. Our God stands outside the bonds of time, of seasons and months and days and years like we have. For him, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. It's as if God is standing outside of the timeline of history, looking backwards and forwards all at the same time, which, by the way, makes sense why all of his prophecies and promises come true. And yet at the same time, time flies by for him in an instant. This is the kind of thing that makes us scratch our head and our heads explode like New Year's Eve fireworks because we don't get this. This is not what, what we are like. No, we're like dust, Moses says. 
Like the dust that God once formed Adam from, so sadly that's where we are all returning. And in the spectrum of world history, maybe six to 10,000 years, one year, 2019, even my life is just a blip on the radar. It's like a blade of grass that pops up in the morning and, and by the evening, you know, the afternoon scorching sun, it's dry and withered and my Toro lawnmower blows it away in the wind. And I think this is really getting to the heart of the matter. Because we know this, and, and we see this, and we feel this. I, I can see all the things rotting and decaying around me. I can feel the wrinkles forming and the receding hairlines and the arthritis throbbing. I can see those generations passing away and, and the people that are now missing in the family pictures and portraits and that's what hurts, and that's what we want to be different, and that's why we make all these resolutions and goals, because we feel this tailspin, and we want things to just be better for once in our lives. But Moses reminds us why this happens, why this is a universal experience for all people. Moses continues, we are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, and yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Now those are the words of a man who has suffered through some things over his life. God never intended this. God never intended for disaster and destruction and disease and death. God planned for perfect peace in his presence in that paradise of Eden. But sin ruined this. Sin broke the paradise. Sin is why we face these troubles. And, and now instead of God's presence offering peace, now as Moses says, it's fear, terrified of God's wrath and indignation because of what we have done. The glorious radiance of his holiness, exposes us. Moses says it reveals our iniquity, our guiltiness. It exposes all our secret sins. It's enough just the things that everyone else knows that I've done. But what you said to your spouse or your family in the confines of your home and what you searched for on the internet, and what you think about your co-worker, and how you obsess about money, and how much you drank on last New Year's Eve, and how much you're thinking about drinking on this New Year's Eve, and, and how you failed miserably in 2019, and, and all the years past, God knows it and sees it all. And this is why we suffer. Because as the scriptures say, the wages of sin is death. This is the price, the cost that we pay with all people in the world for falling short of God's glory. 
And so together we, we walk, trudging along on this path, spiraling out of control in a world of sin with a life of sin toward this death, whether people realize it or not. Goals are good. And New Year's resolutions are fine enough. But do you see where there's a bit of foolishness in this? Finally, if I lose 10 pounds or read 20 books instead of 15 or make an extra $5,000 this next year, it really doesn't make a lick of difference. Because time flies and time is fleeting. And as David says in Psalm 31, our time is not in our hands, it's in his hands. Wouldn't it be nice for the selfishness and sinfulness that blurs our vision to go away? Wouldn't it be nice to have some clarity, some laser-like focus as we start a new year, to have 2020 vision for the year 2020? Well, we can have that. And this is really the turning point of Psalm 90, where Moses offers to us some real words of wisdom. We'll walk verse by verse here. Moses continues our prayer. Teach us, teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Knowing what we know about ourselves and about suffering and about sin, our prayer is, Lord, teach us. Give me knowledge. Help me to understand my days are short. Help me to know that I need wisely a life not with this world, but with you and connected to you. And how do we do that? With a life of repentance, Moses continues. Verse 13, relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Just like Moses so often pleaded for his whiny, rebellious Israelite people and for himself, so also we plead, Lord, have mercy, Kyrie eleison, for all that I did last night and last week and all this last year. Lord, I deserve suffering, I deserve punishment, but Lord, please have compassion. And incredibly, the prayer does not stop there. It doesn't end with an unanswered question. Well, what will God do? No, God in his mercy hears and answers our prayers. And so the prayer continues in verse 14. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Would you like 2020? to be the happiest year yet? Would you like to wake up in the morning and be completely satisfied and at peace and content, no matter what may come your day in that year or in that day? You can do that. Because every day, God satisfies us with his unfailing love. As we cry out to him for mercy in our sinfulness, God hears and answers. And those answers are always found in Jesus. Way back when sin first broke this world with Adam and Eve in the garden, God made a promise. A promise of unfailing love to send a Savior. And year after year, generation after generation, calendar year turning, time after time, to sinner after sinner, God promised and promised and promised. And in his unfailing love, 
he kept everyone in Christ. In Jesus, we have a Savior who did not fail in any year, in any day, or any moment of his life to live as we cannot. In Jesus, we have a Savior who could stand before the wrath and indignation and anger of God against sin. In Jesus, we have a Savior who took the wages of sin into his own death at the cross. And in Jesus, we have a Savior who conquered death with his own life. As we join Moses here to pray for mercy and compassion and forgiveness, God always hears us according to his unfailing love for the sake of his own son, Jesus Christ. That's why we can join Moses to close out this prayer with three quick prayers for blessing. Verse 16 Verse 15, rather, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. Lord, help us to see you as the solution. Help us to know that we have the peace that surpasses understanding because of the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. So help us to know that you who did not spare your own son but gave him up for us all will certainly work all for good in our lives as we walk on toward eternal life. Verse 16, may your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. Lord, open our eyes. Open the eyes of our children. Help us to see your glory. Put the cross of Christ before our eyes. Help us to set our minds and our hearts on things above, not things of this world. Help us to see your glory and splendor, Lord, so that finally, verse 17, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us, establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. As we move into a new day, a new year, a new decade, our prayer is that God look on us with his grace, with his loving kindness, with his favor, so that whether you are child or adult, parent or grandparent, boss or worker or student, the prayer is, Lord, establish the work of our hands in everything we do for your glory. What a prayer. This is fascinating to me. I wonder, don't you, when, when did Moses write this? Do you think maybe he wrote this prayer right after the, the foolishness of that golden calf debacle? Or maybe did he write this like halfway through the 40 years of wandering through the desert because he wasn't so sure they're going to make it another 20 years? Do you think maybe he wrote it at the end of his life as he looked back and reflected on everything he had been through and, and looked ahead toward the promised land where God was going to lead his people? But you see, that's it. I think that's why God did not inspire a context for this psalm. Because really this prayer of Moses applies to every moment of his life, to everything he did and everything he experienced. And the same is true for you and for me. 
as we move forward into a new day, a new year, a new decade. This prayer of Moses is our prayer. Lord, help us to see that you are the eternal God from everlasting to everlasting. Help us to understand that we are sinners who fall short and deserve your punishment, and yet help us to see so clearly your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who fulfills all your unfailing love to us time after time after time. This prayer of Moses is our prayer. Lord, give us clear sight. Give us clarity. Give us 2020 vision for the year 2020 to see you and all that you've done now and forever. And so we pray, Lord, hear us and answer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.